there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to freeze. Wait. Not a game. Not 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 the game that I go out there and, and die for. Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast, Stadium's NBA podcast, Stadium's number one, number one NBA there podcast. You know, I'm Ben Wittenstein. That's my man's over there, Ben Wittenstein. You know me, Zach Badger House, always in the house. We got Dougie Fresh on the ones and twos, baby. What's up, Dougie Fresh? He's looking good, feeling good, running everything. You'll be able to see all the clips on our Twitter account, at yes, Points Paint. Uh, you can go at Stadium, too. We'll be posting some of those at Stadium. And you can find the podcast wherever. We got a nice little nice little picture here. Yeah. It's a little dusty. That's all right. We got to wipe the dust off. <laughs> Told you to clean We it. got all our social <laughs> channels that you can see yes. uh, and that you can follow. We'll be on TikTok, too. We're trying to become TikTok stars without dancing. I don't know if that's going to work, but maybe maybe you'll dance for some of them. Look, maybe a hot take will go viral. That's, you know, that's all yeah, that matters, right? That's true. And if it goes viral, <laughs> we'll use the audio, and we'll do a little dance to it, too. I, I think that's know. how it works. That's rough. I don't <laughs> know about no dancing. But look, make sure you follow the podcast at Point Spain, wherever you wherever you get yeah. your podcast. Social handles, you know, of course, at, at Point Spain. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, like you said. We're on the way. We got playoffs to talk about, man. Yes, we, we are deep into the first round. Mm-hmm. We've already got a team moving on. Yep. And we've already got some teams that are close to finishing out the series yeah, of 3-1. We and few, we've already got some series that are going to be close. Got a few potential gentlemen sweeps. We got one yeah. sweep that had already transpired this this playoffs and I was probably surprised that that series in particular was the one that we would see a sweep first. Out of I was all too. Of, out of all of them. So let's talk about that series then. Sixers Ooh, and the Nets. Yeah. Brooklyn Nets. Bro. Sixers moving on. Clean sweep. Beat the Nets. I'll be honest. I was surprised. I really thought the Nets were going to give them some one. type of game. Yeah, I thought the Brooklyn Nets would give them at least one. Being they looked. I don't know. They they looked out of sorts. They looked like a team that needed a superstar. They needed a superstar. They have really good role players. Mikel Bridges is great. Cam Johnson's great. Spencer Dinwiddie, love him. Yep. None of them are superstars. And None. we know in the playoffs, if you want to have any chance of winning these games, you have to have a, you have to have a superstar. You have to have a go-to guy. Spencer Dinwiddie's great. He played great at home. Didn't play well on the road in the first two games. Yep. Cam Johnson, hit or miss with him. Mikel Bridges, you wish you could have seen a little bit more from him, too. So they left a lot to be desired. They need a superstar is what they need. They do. I think Mikael Bridges, Bridges is budding into a star being. Yeah. I like what he did throughout the series and just basically coming over to Brooklyn. He came over to Brooklyn. His scoring went up. His production went up, obviously, because he's in the lineup. as not the fourth or third option like he was in Phoenix. He's the first option. And so there are NBA execs out there already talking about he could be a potential all-star in the, in the seasons to come. Yeah, I, I think he can. I This Nets team just needs someone else. They need they need a go-to oh, yeah. guy I, with a killer instinct, the guy they can rely on down the stretch, because they were close in a lot of these games, and what just ended up happening is they ended up losing a lead or they lost a small deficit, and it got out of their control late in the game where you usually would have a superstar to help you out. Yeah, so Mikhail actually being you know that number one guy in all the defense is like focusing on him. You know, Spencer couldn't respond to that. Seth didn't really respond. Cam Johnson had a good game three, I believe, being he came out firing, did yep. what he could, but they ultimately still lost the game and lost the series. So I'm looking to see if, 
you know, the Nets are going to re-sign Cam because he'll be a free agent, see if they'll sign Seth again, you know, those two guys, because those guys were, I wouldn't say a key piece for this series because they obviously lost, but those guys complimented the team well, at least for what Sean Marks wanted to do. And I do want to mention, too, that GM Sean Marks, he did say that he's looking for Mikael Bridges to be the star for the team. Oh, and, yeah? and then also, like you mentioned, add another guy. Let's talk about the Sixers then oh, on boy. the other side because mm-hmm. they sweep. They go 4-0. They look yeah. really good in all their wins, but However, big right. butt. Big butt, like six foot, seven foot. Big butt. old butt. <laughs> Joel Embiid out with an injury. Yeah. He's a 50%, they said, possibly in game one of the second round. You know, we could have put this in. What's the worry? Because that is a big worry with the 76ers. But yes. how much do you believe in this team without Joel Embiid? It's, very, it's a very low confidence level. For the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm going to be just quite honest with you, being off the strength of like, we still haven't seen James Harden go Houston rocket mode. Yep. So what I mean by that is just attack aggressively, get to the free throw line, maybe 12 to 15 times a game, aim for a 30 plus point game, along with the assist dishing them out. We did see a solid 25 point performance from Tobias Harris we did, in yeah. the closing game of this series. That's nice. We're starting to see Tyrese Maxey. Blossom a little more on the offensive side of the ball. He could be yeah. better defensively. So there are yeah. a few guys on this team that you can look and lean on, but I don't know if they'll be able to beat the next opponent that will potentially be the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you can beat the Nets, and we talked about how bad the Nets could be <laughs> in terms of not having a superstar. The yeah. 76ers, though, if they don't have their superstar, I, I don't know. I, James Harden, I don't think you can trust him to get 40 points a game anymore, especially consistently. He might right. get it in one game, but he's not going to get it game one through game four. Tyrese Maxey, like you said, leaving a lot to be desired. Tobias Harris, he can show up, but and then sometimes just, he doesn't show up. Exactly, I don't know. Yeah. They have a lot of people who like show up, sometimes show up, which is fine when you have Joel Embiid and he's consistent. You get his points and rebounds. But if you're relying on everyone else, 76ers might be in trouble without Joel. They might be. And, you know, Paul Reed, shout out to you, man. You coming in there. Yeah. You know, nobody really knows your Legend. name. And he goes out there, gets gets on the glass, gets a double-double in both of these last yep. few games. So I was happy to see that. So that's a positive on this for the Philadelphia 76ers, having that, you know, backup center in Paul Reed to come in and do what he needs to do on the glass and do what he needs to do on the offensive glass in terms of getting second-chance opportunities to score, those sort of things. Because we know he won't get offense ran through him like a Joel Embiid. So just being in the right place at the right time for maybe a James Harden to find him to get those points that you need. because. They kind of struggled to score without Joel Embiid, if I'm being honest, Ben. Yeah, they did. And that makes sense because, again, their guys are so (laughs) up and down that I just don't know how you rely on them consistently to win a series. They can do it against the Nets. I don't think they'll be able to do it in the second round. Their net rating, they have the best net rating in the NBA in the playoffs thus far, which makes sense. Their best differential between offensive play and defensive play. They were a really good defensive team. They look great. But without their superstar... I don't know. I don't necessarily trust Doc Rivers, oh, to be honest. Man, as much as I love that guy, See, sometimes they, up the three that ones, coach loves to blame his players <laughs> for issues that are wrong and that the team messes up. I just don't know. I, without Joel, to me, this 76ers team is mid-tier. Mid-tier? Mid-tier. Mid. Mid-tier. They're mid. <laughs> I don't think that this is a team that has any chance at ma- moving into a conference finals matchup if they don't have Joel Embiid. I really don't. I, I don't think that his surrounding That's that the surrounding fair. players are consistent enough. They're not good enough. They don't complement each other enough. It's really Joel that not only is a superstar, but he's that glue guy. He brings all the team together, and he really lets the players shine in their own individual aspects that they're good at. Yeah, that, and that's totally fair to 
to assess that that way because when you look at it, it's like, all right, like I said before, unless James is just going to go out here and be Houston Rockets James Harden. He's not. Or Tyrese Maxey is just going to continue to emerge as this potential star for this team, which is which is doable. You know, it's definitely doable, but he's sure. young. So, you know, you, there's learning curves throughout the playoffs. It's tough to do that in the so, middle of the playoffs. Say, exactly. Yeah. So there, there are learning curves throughout this. So, you know, he'll maybe have a good game, game one, or maybe two good games at home and may struggle in the, on the road against the Celtics if that's the opponent that they're going to play. Right now, we're still waiting on the Atlanta Hawks to basically lose that series because that's yeah. what it looks like is going to happen. They couldn't, they couldn't secure home court. So that next series, if they have to start the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel, they're in trouble. At least the first two games to be in. Yeah. That's going to be worrisome for sure. 100%. So we talked a little bit about the Nets. I want to know if you're buying stock, if, if the Brooklyn Nets are a stock, are you buying them right now? Yes. 100%? Buying stock. You, you think they're going to yeah, be, they're, this is a team that can make a playoff run in a couple of years? They can definitely, with Sean Marks being the aggressor that he is yeah. in terms of like offseason moves. He can go out there and get one more guy, maybe not a superstar name, but maybe a guy out there that's like butting towards stardom. Who that may be, we'll have to just wait and see into the offseason. Because their contracts, you know, they're going to have to make some deals. They're going to have to make some decisions on who they want to keep and, right. and who they want to have. Obviously, you know, we talk a lot about superstars. We talk a lot about players that they have with oh, Ben Simmons. Man, listen. I'm going to tell you this right now. Doug, listen. Not all Ben's, by the way. He doesn't represent all Ben's. Not all Ben's are that bad. But the Ben Simmons, he might have to just hang it up. Just hang the jersey Just be done. Up. Call just it a day. done with the NBA career because. You, back to Australia. He's made all his money he needs to make. Yeah. Um, I don't think mentally he's mentally stable enough to be out there on a basketball floor. So I think until he settles that and gets that taken care of, his mental health. I don't think he should step foot on a professional basketball floor until that's taken care of. It's a really tough situation that the Nets are in with him because they don't know what they're going to get. Because if they have a fully healthy Ben Simmons, in theory, on paper, that might be kind of a guy that they need. They Defensively, need, he's good. He can move the ball. He can get to the rim, allow some space for guys like if they re-sign Seth Curry, guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, shoot the ball. Joe Harris, yeah. But again... All Ben Simmons' career basically at this point is just on paper. That's how people perceive him. On paper, he's great. He looks fantastic. He fits with a lot of teams, fits with a lot of things all that teams are trying paper. to do. But it's all on paper, man. Because at the end of the day, when you see him in reality, he's sitting on the bench in the brightly clothes. colored street clothes, <laughs> sunglasses, trying to look fly, and then that's it. That's all it is. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't think anyone at this point should be able to trust Ben Simmons and, and put them down for any part of a team's future. Period. Period. Yeah, that's Period. it. Period. That's all it is. That's really all it is. All right, we'll move on. Uh, we got a new segment, Zach. Yes, we do. And you talked about this one last night, and I was with you wholeheartedly 100% when you pitched it to me. <laughs> it's the Clown Show of the Week. Clown Show of the Week. Get a little sounder, a little honk honk, a <laughs> little clown sounder for the podcast, uh, because there's a lot of clowns in the NBA right now, a lot of clown moves, a lot of clown players. A lot of red-nosed behavior. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> of red-nosed behavior. I love it. Let's start with the Cavs because mm-hmm. I'm watching this game this weekend. The yeah, Cavs. Yeah, he was ranting a little bit on this one, and, and I, not, I, want, I may have had some money. Chest, on. That's fine. I may have had some money on the Cavs. That's fair. I may have had some money on Cavs. May have had some money on Donovan Mitchell. Both really <laughs> disappointed me. Both were really disappointing. They looked like a terrible team that did not prepare for the game. They did not prepare for the Knicks. Sorry, this is a team that cannot even execute when they need to execute, and they're running the wrong game plan against a team where you think you've played before, you're getting ready for a series with them. You know you're going to play at least four games against this team, right. and they didn't prepare at all. That's how you and feel. And I would have, at the end of the season, you would have talked to me about J.B. Bickerstaff. I would have said, great coach. Guy got the Cavs playing defense, one of the best in the league. 
young team. They look like they're focused. Now, JB Bickerstaff, man, you got to prep your team better. That uh-huh. the game plan that he came into that game with was horrendous. I understand what you're saying. The, the small things, the X and O's, the matchups, like who's going to guard who. That's fair, and we're going to get to well, one of the those big players. Things. And, and big <laughs> things. You know what they did to start the game? Whole first half. What was their game plan? Let's go inside. Force the ball inside. That's why they turned it over so much. Donovan Mitchell trying to get the ball inside. Darius Garland trying to get the ball inside. Knicks were having none of that. They're a good interior defensive team for okay. the most part. You know what they should have done, and they figured it out in the third quarter. Shoot threes. The Knicks give up the fourth most three-pointers in the NBA during the regular season. Why are you not shooting as many threes as possible? This team can't close out. Jalen Brunson's a terrible perimeter defender. That guy's not closing out on you consistently. This just isn't a team that can guard three-point shot, and the Cavs are, for whatever reason, trying to force the ball inside. Well. What? what? What's the game plan? I would say this, because in fairness to the Cavaliers trying to attack the rim and get in the paint, and, you know, that that's a – I feel like that – and within itself being is a good strategy in terms of maybe getting guys in foul trouble, mm-hmm. you know, like a Julius Randle, that sort of thing, the 50, number 55 for the Knicks, Hardstein, or however Hartenstein, you say it. yeah, Hardstein. Yeah, like yeah. however you say his name. So he's out there giving serviceable minutes, Obi Toppin, like, you know, yeah. these guys giving the Knicks serviceable minutes and stuff, along with the uh, Mitchell Robinson, it plagues the question of, well, we can get these guys in foul trouble, we can get to the free throw line, we can kind of start the game that way, work the game inside out. I understand in the first quarter you want to establish that, but then second quarter, Start like you threes. said, you got to be some got to be some got, type of adjustments. Yeah. Can't wait till halftime to say, "All right, no. we got to adjust this. We let's move. Let's do this. Let's try yep. this on offense." Now, I need to say this too, being real quick. Evan Mobley needs to be more aggressive offensively. Got to grow up real fast. Like we said, we talked about up. that before this series even started. Evan Mobley got to grow up real quick. Because Donovan Mitchell can't go out sure. there and just do it by Box himself. Up. Like they're they're collapsing on him. They're attacking him defensively. Yes. They're forcing double teams, all of that nature, putting Darius Garland in more offensive opportunities to score and pass and do all these other things. But I still need something from a third guy that's either Evan or Jared to do something offensively. And they struggled for sure. You cannot have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and lose the rebounding battle by 14 rebounds. That's true. 17 offensive rebounds. Are you kidding me? 17 offensive rebounds to the Knicks. (laughs) To the Knicks. Like, what are you guys doing? You have the two tallest players in the game. You have the two, theoretically, the better front court than the Knicks, some would argue, with Evan mm. Mobley and, and Jared Allen. I mean, you could say Julius Randle yeah, and Mitchell so. Robinson That's maybe true. are better, but at, l- at the very least, they should be on similar ground. So you should not be being dominated that much it should on be the a four, It shouldn't be a plus 14 in no. a rebound category. That's Multiple true. games. Yeah. Game one, game yeah. three, That's game tough. four. Like, you can't be out rebounded like this that consistently. It's bad. And granted, the Knicks, they came with the game plan, and they've been executing it. Tom Thibodeau's been doing his thing. Defensively, yes, they've been hard-nosed. Like, they only gave up 79 points being. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's impressive. That's the the least amount of points any team has scored, I think, this whole whole NBA season. Yeah, so like 79. That's very, very impressive. And then to go out, and basically, you protect home floor by not giving up 100 points in both games, game three and game four, because they only gave up 93 points. In the second game. So it's like, in the second game at home. It's insane. So it's pretty legit defensively for the Knicks. Josh Hart in the lineup the last game, game four. He go out there with his Villanova teammate, Brunson. They go out there and score 20 to the 31st points in the first quarter. They were hooping, man. They're good. Yeah, listen, Jalen Brunson's an amazing addition to that team. Him. <laughs> I hate. Side note: I hate the whole him thing. I'm him. He's him. That's just so stupid. It's so stupid. 
It's Austin Reed saying I'm him. You Himothy, look like an idiot. He's a Himothy. Hey, Himothy. Austin Rivers is him. Him. Zenon Brunson. Him. Him. Okay. No. R.J. Barrett in Game Four. He's him. 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 He is him. <laughs> I, I think it's the most ridiculous thing, but I maybe I'm just growing way too old for this hey, stuff at this hey, point. No, he is him. Fine. That's fine. Just why? It's so stupid. But Brunson apparently is him. I guess he is. You saw he's it. He's doing it. He's playing really well. Josh Hart. Is he a him? He's playing like him. He's a him. On defense, on yeah. the defensive tip, just being Josh a gritty player. Yeah. yeah, he's just been a gritty player for the Knicks, getting everything they need out of him in terms of just rebounds, second effort, loose balls, like getting the crowd into the game. He's been fun. Julius Randle got to be better. Last game, he wasn't all that great. Got to no, be better. But, but it RJ shows, stepped up. RJ stepped up. I think it shows the Knicks are in a pretty good spot when Julius doesn't show up. Because if this was a year ago, this was two years ago, Julius Whew. doesn't show up, the Cavs team collapses. That's it. Cavs are winning. Now you have some help. Josh Hart and Brunson were huge additions to help this team out. Little veteran presence, guys who don't get wavered that badly if another guy on the team is playing poorly. And I think the fact that Mitchell Robinson stepped up and R.J. Barrett can step up now when, when Julius isn't playing well. Foundation is set for the Knicks. Like That's a team now that you're like, oh. they got their punches, they went through the ringer with Julius Randle yeah. playing poorly, and they came out the other side with a win. That's a really good sign for the Knicks. That is a good Two sign. Two years ago, a year ago, they're done. Julius uh, Randle's bad, they're done. That's it. Now they can move forward and actually beat teams in other ways. Yep. It's huge. Shout out to Brunson. So, yeah, shout out Jalen. Hey, Stevenson graduate down the road here. Ooh, he's I like Jalen. I don't know why the <laughs> I don't know why the Mavs gave him up at all. Uh, what's the worry? What are you worried about? You worry too much. It's a worry level here. Let's uh, yeah, let's start panicking a little bit. Worry level. Talk about what what the little, worry is. With listen, this team. I'm a little stressed out, being. So, what series are we going to? What's the worry with the uh, with the Kings and the Warriors? Yeah, I'm stressed out with the Kings. A little stressed, the yeah. yeah, man. Because the Kings should be up three one first and foremost. They should be leading this series, being yeah. three to one. Yeah, it should not be tied. Harrison Barnes, go to the rim, <laughs> please. You texted me this for the love of Jesus. <laughs> go to the rim. My man's De'Aaron yeah. Fox at top of the key, Ben. Mm -hmm. Gets caught up, whatever, got to kick it out. Yep. He is literally wide open at three-point line. But you're only down one, so you only need a basket. Now, I know, Ben, three's worth more than two, but you know what I always say, two is better than zero. That's true. The <laughs> so, math checks out there. Let me uh, let me get the calculator. <laughs> so it's yeah, just like, no, you're right. Ben, I don't understand it because it's like, you go to the rim, you go to the line, you put the pressure on the officials to make a call at least. Yeah. And if you're a guy like Harrison Barnes, you have a mid-range game. So if you feel like you won't make it all the way to the rim, you can stop on a dime and take that more effective, efficient shot at the end of the game to give your team an opportunity to win instead of taking a bizarre three-point shot looking crazy when you're only down one. <laughs> it's tough. Especially when you have that much firepower on the team. Not to mention they gave up 126 points. Yeah, that's rough. And that was the thing. That's my worry. You know, yes. we talk about what are we worried about. Sacramento Kings defense. Yikes. 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 Worrisome. Yes. They're giving up. Let's see. In the playoffs, they are giving up 116 points per game. That's too many points. Which for is, uh, or I'm sorry, 117 points per game, which is too many. You missed a point. It's top five. <laughs> top five worst defenses in the playoffs right now. I mean, that's. They're, they're in the company of the Clippers, of the Hawks. Like, this is not good. That's not company you want to be in if you want to win these series. You have to play a little bit of defense. Just a little bit. You don't have to play lights out, give up 79 points a game. You can't give up 117 points. The first two games when they were at home, they did a great job, Sacramento Kings, of chasing Golden State Warriors being off the three-point line. Yep. 
Now, granted, the Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, they're still going to get like 10 plus attempts from beyond the arc. They are. That's, that's just it. That's a, yeah, that's fine. That comes with the territory right. playing the Warriors. But the timely, the timingness of the shots and the timing of the three point makes and the attempts and all that nature between the splash bros. Just bad. It just no, it matters. Like yeah. it, it matters when and when they take shots. Because if they're taking these shots, making these shots in the first and third quarter, that's cool. But if they miss it in the second and fourth quarter, that's even better. And that's where that's where you want to have them struggling yeah. in the second and in the fourth quarter. The quarters that really matter the most in this series right now is the second and the fourth quarter. Defensively, the Kings have to step it up in those quarters in particular. Being got to be better because those guys get on a run. They've been having momentum swings in both of those both of those quarters, particularly in these last two games for show. So they definitely got to do better in those quarters. I was trying to see where they stand. They're fourth worst in points per game given up in the fourth quarter in the playoffs so I'm far. I'm telling you. Almost 30 <laughs> points. That's, that's the only teams that are doing worse than them, the Warriors, amazingly. Bucks and the Clippers. Isn't that wild? So yes. if you're betting fourth quarter overs, bet the fourth quarter bet, overs in, in the Warriors. Game, the yes, Kings. in the Kings-Warriors game, bet the over in the fourth quarter. We just gave y'all a nice little <laughs> gym right there. Just found out some some bets right off, right off the bat. Uh, but my worry, to be honest, is high because – I'm worried about two things in this year. I'm worried about the Kings defense because yep. I think that needs to be improved. Obviously, the Warriors defense is not much not better. much better. But I am worried about the Warriors on the road. 11 and 30. They're bad on the road. They're yeah. really, really bad on the road. So it's great to see them win at home. It's great to see them win the way they do at home. When they go on the road, though, and the Kings have home court advantage, they're going to play more games at, on the road than at home for the Warriors. Can they win a series if they have to play it on the road majority-wise? That's a That's tough stretch. Yeah, the best two out of three games, the next two out of three are going to be in that series. Very different game. In Sacramento. Very different team on the road. Yes, and so you definitely want to be able to go out there and try to buckle down defensively. Maybe they go back to Draymond coming off the bench again in this game five like they did in game four. Yep. It's a great story out there. If you want to check that out, I won't say where it's from, but if you want to go out there and check that out for the Draymond Green story on him coming off the bench, you can yeah. check that out. But again, I thought that was a solid game plan for them just to have that boost and that spark, that yep. energizer bunny that Draymond Green is to come off the bench with Looney having a 20-rebound performance in game three to come out there and just say, yeah, my teammate needs to start. He needs to keep that momentum swing going for our team. I like that out of day-day. I was proud of that. And so you fast forward. If that's the case again, that may be something to look at in game five with him coming off the pond on the road this time. Let's quickly talk about the Bucs and the Heat it's real fast because mm-hmm. uh, their game is tonight. And yes, so we wanted is. to mention that Giannis is going to be healthy, should be playing in this game, yes, game four. Will. That should be big because Miami's up two to one. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I expected Miami to be ahead in this series at, at all. all. But without Giannis, it makes a little bit more sense. Right. Heat shooting-wise has been insane. They're shooting 50% from three. They're making this third, I think, most threes in the playoffs per game, which they're, is insane. They were literally like bottom five in terms of like three-point shooting, makes yeah. and attempts. To start like to finish the season. It's insane. That's They're a completely nuts. different team. And and the Bucks defense has been horrendous. It has been really bad. And obviously missing a defensive player of the year and Giannis doesn't help. Yep. But they need to figure something out defensively because the Heat are taking advantage of them completely from outside the arc, inside mm-hmm. the arc, inside the paint everywhere. It's like Jimmy Butler has found ways without Giannis being on the floor to just navigate this offense and getting to the paint, getting to yep. the rim, finding guys. I hate to say this being but playoff Jimmy has really been a thing this playoff yeah, so far. He has. he has played out of his mind, averaging 30 in this series in the first three games. I'm really sick 
I really hate it because, you know, I didn't even want Miami Heat to make the playoffs. <laughs> and here we go. We got Jimmy playoff, Jimmy Mo yep. playing well for this team, keeping him afloat as the eighth seed, battling against the number one seed, too, now. So he's up eighth seed against the number one seed, two to one in this series, leading the way, leading the charge. You love to see it. All right. Let's put on those flying goggles. If they do that anymore, this is in the 1920s. That's all right. Kind of like flying goggles. We're going to go fly under the radar. All right. That's fine. We're go flying. <laughs> Sorry that everyone had to see that. All right, we're going to go fly under the radar, Zach. We got All players, right. teams, whatever we're thinking that people aren't paying enough attention to. Mm-hmm. This is the chance to get it out in the open. You have one. I have one. Start with you. All right. Who's Rui, flying under the radar? My man is Rui Hashimura. Rui Hashimura. Rui. Former Washington Wizard. It's great. He yeah. went over there, got traded to the L.A. Lakers, and has found his groove. The man. new Kawhi. I won't, that's what okay. people were saying. That's a stretch. People were saying he's the new Kawhi when he was go, drafted. Listen, I won't, he's living it up. I won't go that far. But in this series, this playoff series, and yeah. really towards the end of the season, we started seeing just more offensive production, more defensive production from a Rui Hashimura for the Lakers. Yeah. He stepped up so big. And then you fast forward into this playoff series and what he's done on the offensive side, particularly from three. I think he's shooting like 75%. From the three-point line in this series. Remember, you said he went like five for five or something crazy in the first game, and you said, can he follow it up and do it again? Well, yeah, and he did. he's still shooting pretty good so far in this series, Ben. So we hope that can really continue because if a guy like Rui Hashimura is going to be this good for the Lakers and you got other guys like Austin Reeves that's performing well, not only on the, on the, on the home floor but on mm-hmm. the road as well, and then you got AD doing what AD does and Brian being Brian being. Somebody said this to me. At the barbershop this weekend, oh. they feel like the Los Angeles Lakers can not only make the Western Conference Finals, but they can reach the finals, Being They talking like that at the barbershop. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's in my barbershop that day they don't talk like that. No one's talking about the NBA. I think some guy was talking about some conspiracy theories. That was about it. That was my barbershop experience. But who's your guy flying under the radar? Uh, my guy is Jenny Osman. For all the wrong reasons? For all the wrong reasons. Oh Osman gosh. on the Cavs. Let me let me just <laughs> I want to tell you a little bit about Seti Osman and why he should be in the G League at the moment. Not, he was fine during the regular season. He was uh, an acceptable player. <laughs> I don't think the G League is currently taking place right now. I think they're season. No, they should take him. They should take it's all right. <laughs> Get him ready for next season in the G League, because this guy cannot guard anything. I we were talking about it. Jalen Brunson, for whatever reason, they're putting Osman on Brunson. A toddler, a toddler, and I stand by this. A toddler can get past Osman. You get the space, get the contact, and then and one for sure. Turn the corner on Osman. Oh, absolutely. Get the Turn angles the he need. Absolutely. He is a terrible defender. So said he just can't guard a parked car. No, nope. and neither can he really provide much offensively. He can provide the occasional three. Occasional. That's yeah, great. You All can right. have so many players in the league that can provide the occasional three. What the Cavs need is they need a three and D guy. Right. And he is. Probably is about as opposite <laughs> as you'll get as it for comes. a three and D guy. He can't score threes. He can't play D. Oh my goodness! So Why is, is he bad. on the court in a playoff game in the fourth quarter in a game you need to come back? Why is he playing? Bickerstaff, bro. You might makes have no to re- sense. You might have to readjust this rotation <laughs> from my man's being over here bro. and get steady eyes without the game. Maybe get some more Isaac Okoro in there. Like Okoro you know, won't be much better, but he will probably be a little better. Okay, a little bit better. I'm sorry. 
Yes, thank you. I mean, I told you game one, though. Remember last week we talked Can't about do it. it. Darius Garland wasn't the answer for, for Jalen Brunson. I felt like he was having his way. And yeah. It looks like he's still having his way no matter who you put on him. No, and that's a problem with the Cavs. I think they don't have, you know, wing players obviously were an issue for them, and people know that they needed some wing players. They do not have a good defender, really, to put on someone like Brunson. Osman's not yeah. going to do it. He's going to get crossed over and get left in the dust. Mm, and I don't really think anyone on that team can guard Brunson effectively. That's an issue that Cavs, A, have to figure out for the rest of the series because they're still playing in this series. They're going to have to figure something out defensively. Right. But B, over the offseason, they're going to have to look and find a wing that they can rely on to be their main defender. Right now, they got not much. Not much. Yeah, not much in that uh, department. Pearl Eisman ain't really. They're not no. doing much for you. No. So Osman, his poor play flying under the radar a little bit. I, I would love more people to start talking right, about that. Criticizing him a little more. <laughs> man, it's rough. It was rough to watch. You're All just right. you're just yelling at the screen. All right, JB Bickerstaff, you got to work on that rotation. And you know, my boy Riyashimura, we hope he can continue his stellar play for the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Grizzlies in that series as we conclude, conclude this edition of the Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium. We want to thank our main man, Dougie Fresh, over there in the corner holding it down. With he dope! We appreciate you so much, player. Don't forget, you can follow at Points Pain for all these videos, these lovely faces, you know, how you keep up with the podcast, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok. You can follow at Watch Stadium on these lovely platforms you see behind us, ITA, for all your hoop news and interviews, exclusive interviews with Shams and Cam and Pat Garrity. They come out every Thursday. Sharp lessons. You know Ben Whitney. You know the boy Nate Jacobson. They drop it every week, not too. You know, I've seen that NBA news. Y'all dropping them NBA playoff bets. I love to see it. You will hear from us at Points of the Pain Podcast, Zach Badgerhouse and Ben Wittenstein. Peace.